Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. Fates and Furies Part 2. Oh, yes. I'm Audrey Schultz. And I am Cher. And we are One your- name. <laughs> <laughs> and we are your hosts for this afternoon or evening or morning or... Whenever you're listening. Yeah. Whenever you're out there. Um, how's it going lately? With me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, things are a little bit stressful at work. Sure. I'm now um, managing our website at oh. work. Do I know a thing about websites? I do not, but I'm now the expert. <laughs> so so that's that's new. Um I went to New York last weekend. Oh, that was yeah, good. Yeah, how was that? New York was good. I went to a gnocchiria, which is a restaurant that exclusively serves gnocchi. Intriguing. So, what was your favorite gnocchi? Well, so so Brendan ordered the classic gnocchi with meat sauce. I ordered classic gnocchi with th- four cheese sauce, and then we decided we wanted another portion, so we ordered purple gnocchi, which is like from a purple potato, Ooh. also with four cheese sauce. Yeah, it was really good. Yogi's fun. Like it's like it's like a good consistency. It's I my think. number one favorite food. Really? <laughs> yes, it is my number one favorite food. I will order it always. Um, what's new with you? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> Just you know, same old, same old. You know, cruising. Yeah. Cruising through October. I'm going home this weekend for a wedding though, so I'm really excited. Um, my best friend's sister is getting married. Shut up. Yes, very exciting. It's also Halloween weekend. Yeah, it sure so is. I'm thinking um, at this point I will be going as, um, I believe her name is Mia. It's Uma Thurman's character from... Kill Bill? Pulp Fiction. Okay. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> because it requires a white shirt and black pants, and then I've ordered a black wig. Okay. So it seemed easy. That is easy, but... So you ordered a black wig. Yes. See, I... So... Brennan and I are going as um, Jamie and Cersei. Perfect. Um, which he picked. Yeah. So, which, like, <laughs> I guess someone's a little edgier than we thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, so I also have a wig coming in the mail. I hope it makes it in time because I didn't get, like, I ordered it via Prime, but mm-hmm. I didn't get the guarantee delivery. Oh, yeah. So. I probably should have done that too. I sent mine to my parents' house. I kind of hope mm. it gets there before I do. So they're like, why the fuck is this black wig here? And like, who? Because it might also, the box might have my mom's name on it. Because I don't know that I got <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> because um, the Prime account, like, or I, I don't have Prime anymore, but it's like I used to ship stuff to my parents' house or, like, it would be under my mom's name or something. Yeah. Um, but now, like, the billing address is me, but then I sent it to my parents' house. So, you know, it's anybody's guess. But I, I really she hope she opens it and it's like, like, what? I didn't order this. What secret admirer sent me this? <laughs> She'll probably think, like, a serial killer is after her, which, you know. My dream. They probably are. Who <laughs> would just wouldn't know yet. Yeah. Um... I'm trying to think what else is new. Well, what's interesting about this is that you and I saw each other twice last week, but we didn't record anything last week. I know. Which, you know, for the viewer, again, like a lot of viewer, for the listener, a lot of times we record a week Your mom wishes she was viewing exactly. this. She, she really does. <laughs> She's like, why isn't this a video? Aud- Audrey's know. mom is not sure she likes our podcast because she can't see us. Yeah, she preferred when I did YouTube videos. She also... So 
Um, not the medium for her. She didn't understand why we were talking about the iTunes store, which I think that was like tangentially related to just the fact that our podcast is available now on the iTunes store. I think it also was because it took me eight hours <laughs> to do it. Yeah. And so it's like, I better get a little bit of airtime. And with I this. think like without faces, my mom was just like, she was just listening to like voices talking about a world that she doesn't particularly understand. Fair. So she turned it off. <laughs> my, my mom, in contrast, has become our um, CMO. I like it. Chief marketing officer or <laughs> chief momager or something. But or Chris Jenner. Yeah, seriously. Um, she not only has sent it now to my high school principal and high school English teacher. Perfect. Which, like, I'm like, Mom, this has an explicit rating. <laughs> like, Mostly because of me, so you can just pawn it all off on me if you want to. I guess. Just, like but foul mouth friend of yours. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, like, make, like, phallic jokes and stuff, yeah, though, well, especially for this book. There's, <laughs> there's a, a lot, lot of sex in it. it. Yeah, there is. Um, and then she also has decided she's going to read Fates and Furies with some of her friends, and then she's, like, going to have them listen to the podcast. So. I like that because it's, like, a lot of book clubs would have you watch, like, the movie yeah. that goes with the book. No. No, listen to, listen to my daughter talk about it. It's kind of like listening or like watching the DVD commentary after you finish. Yeah. Which, I mean, in fairness, I really love DVD yeah. commentaries. So, I mean, that sounds great. Yeah. So, anyway. Thanks, Cher's mom. Yeah, seriously. Shouts thanks, mom. Yeah. Mama P. Yeah. Rep in. But last week when we were getting drinks and people were asking us about our podcast, we almost started, like, talking about the book. because Yeah, we, we both, can't do that. I know. And so I was almost worried. I almost wanted to tell our friends, like, we can't actually talk about this right now because then we will have nothing to talk about in our podcast. Yeah, we want we don't want to spoil the organic. And know, then we were drinking wine, flow. so it's even harder oh, for know. me to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Um, but before we dive into Fates and Furious, I have to do a corrections corner. Corrections um, corner. None of you tweeted your displeasure at this information because I don't. I don't know that we have that many engaged. No, we have. We had like fifty people listen to this last episode. Well, none of them. Apparently, you guys think very little. Fifty of Snoop or sixty. Dog <laughs> because none of you called out my very glaring error in our last podcast. I. I'm. May, sh- I, you know, I'm shocked that our our listenership is not a bunch of Snoop Dogg fans. <laughs> well, maybe they are, and maybe they were just like, I mean, maybe. Or also, they were like, oh, I know that that's not true, but like me, when they hear something untrue in a podcast, they're like, that's not true, but I bet someone's already told them already. So yeah, they're the good that's kind true. of listener. That's real. That's <laughs> well, real. so in last week's episode, I may or may not, but definitely did accuse <laughs> Snoop Dogg of um, potentially having committed a sexual assault. That is not true. Whoops. Snoop Dogg, to my knowledge, has never been accused of sexual assault. He's been c- accused of murder. And that's what I was thinking of when I said that. So Which I is have, worse. Um, so I have a little bit of a write-up because I felt like I had to give all the facts yeah, because I got it let's wrong. Let's hear it. Murder corner. Okay. So in 1990, Snoop Dogg was convicted of felony possession of drugs and possession for sale because he was in a gang. And so, you know. Yeah, but like, who cares? That's how gangs make money a lot of times. Whatever. From my knowledge. (laughs) Drug stuff. Like, eh. Yeah, that's fine. It's drugs. Who cares? Um, 1993. um, So in 1993, while recording his album, Doggy Style, Snoop was arrested. (laughs) I'm sorry. Snoop was arrested in connection with the death of Philip Walderman. That sounds right. And... (laughs) 
I don't know, it feels like there are more letters that I wrote. What It doesn't matter. Philip, he was dead. Um, a <laughs> member of a rival gang. Um, Snoop was a crip, for those who don't know. Um, Philip was killed by um, Snoop Dogg's bodyguard, McKinley Lee. Uh, Snoop was charged with murder as he was driving the vehicle where the shooting took place. But I have a question about that, and so does Snoop Dogg from the Awards Chatter podcast I listened to him on. Why was he convicted, or why was he accused of murder if he was driving the car? Why wasn't he just accused of, like, conspiracy to commit or accessory after Yeah, wouldn't that be an accessory? Yeah, because he was driving. Like, that's not murder unless he unless ran, he ran him, him over. Unless he ran him over, yeah. And he didn't. Huh. Okay. Maybe maybe he th- maybe they thought he ordered it since it was his bodyguard. Maybe that's and, true. And then you are charged. That's true. The same. That is true. Also, um, I mean, he's a black guy in the '90s and it was the LAPD, so I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if their track record's great. It's, it's not great. I don't know if you guys have seen Straight Outta Compton, one of my favorite movies, but yeah, that, it's I mean, not great. This was like very close after the Rodney King hmm. beatings and murder. Um, anyway, but Johnny Cochran oh, defended Snoop and I, Lee God. while he was defending O.J. Simpson. I hate Johnny like Cochran. So according to Snoop Dogg, this is out of his mouth. I did not read this on Wikipedia like the rest of the stuff. He literally was defending them at the same time. And so, like, it was just, like, two different courtrooms. And Johnny would just, like, go in between each one. What a slime ball that guy was, though. <laughs> Except for apparently Snoop was not guilty, so. But was he? Well, I don't know. OJ I'm sorry. Is O is OJ not guilty? Because oh, that's how he was he's found. He's for sure guilty. I don't um, know. Also, like, I just, let me just say, Johnny Cochran, the way he treated Marsha Clark, I never forgive you. No, thank never. you. He also was mean to Sterling Brown's character, Christopher Darden. Yeah, who's a dream. Yeah. I, well, I should say that all of my knowledge about <laughs> OJ comes from the people versus OJ Simpson. Same. Also, though, my mom, who... Yes. was a big follower of the case. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to talk about that case. Not to get too off track of my, my story about Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Sorry. But no, no, it's fine. But what's interesting about that is, like, I've talked to my aunt about it, too. And, like, she was watching it. And, like, she almost got upset that they were portraying Marsha Clark so sympathetically. Because, like, my aunt 100% for a while blamed Marsha. Like, a lot of people did for not, like, leading a good enough prosecution. Oh, I'm sorry. While she was being a single mom and, you yeah. know, like, getting made fun well, of in the press the for her haircut. that's why so important is because... And even Sterling K. Brown said that, like, he didn't really like Christopher Darden when he was in college and, like, watching the case, but, like, playing him and, like, really having to appreciate what he must have been going through there during that time, like, really kind of, like, brought the case into a new light for him. Yeah. I don't know. Christopher I, Darden was my favorite in that show. I want to be Marsha Clark when I grow up, oh except, except like, how they not treat quit her. my law career after. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't you after you were treated that way? I mean, also, though, she now, like, writes really cool crime novels, so yeah. maybe she's living a better life yeah. than good. she was before. Yeah, good for you, Marsha. Thrive. Love her. Okay, so both Lee and Snoop Dogg were acquitted of the charges because Lee claimed self-defense, and they proved that it was... Somehow, sneakily, Johnny Cochran did. They, yeah. I don't, they, now, I, now that I found out Johnny Cochran's repping him, I'm, <laughs> I am suspicious very suspicious. <laughs> um, yeah, he claimed that Walderman had pulled a gun first. Okay. Which rival gangs, they're upset with each other. I could kind of see how maybe, but like, my question is, is like you were in a car, so I feel like you could have easily just sped away and not shot. But it's not for me to say, I wasn't there. Um, Uh So the prosecution was enforced. Oh, this is another part of why they were acquitted. 
So the prosecution was forced to admit that they destroyed material evidence. The prosecution was at one point held in contempt of court for a variety of procedural infractions. Okay. Well, that, you know, that's, that's on them. Yeah. Oh, and then I say at the end, um, so not to lend credence to Betsy Davos's claim that men are often accused of, that men who are off, or, I'm sorry, that men who are accused of sexual assault are often um, falsely accused, but <laughs> Snoop Dogg was never accused of sexual assault. He was accused of murder. Thank God. Because <laughs> I was like, what? like someone's going to listen to this and be like, this is what Betsy Davos is saying and why we shouldn't like. Yeah, no, don't believe her, guys. No, most women are not lying. It's just most podcasters have bad information. <laughs> most podcasters are not researchers. No. So and we're speaking from memory about things that are not involved in the podcast. We're speaking from glances over Wikipedia years ago. Yes. Or a documentary, in which case I misheard what was going on. <laughs> okay, so anyway, sorry Snoop Dogs yeah. slash Snoop Lion. Frankly, we shouldn't even have had to talk about that anyway. Is in no way related to anything in, in our podcast, but my apologies to Snoop Dogg and his family. Yeah. So, anyway. I guess, like, let's talk about the book. Yes. Fates and Furies. Fates and Furies. Chapters. Part two. Six through 13? I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, my first note is Matil, not so pure. Okay, my first note is <laughs> could our predictions have been more right on? I know. <laughs> we were like riffing around being like, I bet Matil's not as pure as she says. Yeah. I bet, I bet Lotto's, Lotto's gonna, gonna die. die. Well. Holla. Like. I also this is this is the section of the book to me where uh, Matilda becomes maybe a supervillain, in a good way. Yeah, like I feel like she really comes in like she's like Black Widow from yeah from the Avengers, who is not a villain but like could certainly be one if she wanted to be. She's definitely a manipulator. Yes, in a good way. Yes, um, Choli also might be a supervillain, but I love him. But yeah, like so supervillains can be beloved. I think like yeah, they're not just a villain. They're, like, the ones that you're, like, God, like, you're bad, but I do love you. Also, Choli is just such a patient. Like, oh, he, like real snake in the grass. Yeah. But he waits for years. That's insane to me. Like, over... Okay, so to give context, um, in, in the Furies section of Fates and Furies, so we were correct in saying that Fates was going to be Lotto's kind of experience with his marriage to Mathilde, and then Furies was going to be um, Mathilde's side um, of the story. Which which sort of the way it's set up, there are inconsistencies between the two. Yes. So... Which is... I like that. Yeah. Because I remember last week being like, I really hope that we don't have to, like, just, like, start at one. And and listen to the whole damn thing again. Right. Yeah. Um, So Choli finds out that Matil has had a relationship with this guy. Um, what was his name? Ariel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which, uh, who I thought was a woman for the first half. A <laughs> also, he's like an art gallery owner. I'm like, that That seems like a woman with tortoiseshell glasses to yeah, me. I mean, yeah. Not so like a she, creepy. Matil has been having a relationship with him for years, but like it didn't really overlap with she um, never slept with Lotto when she was sleeping with Ariel. Or right. Ar- Ariel. 
<laughs> We're going to take as much liberty as we did with Mattel. We'll just call him Ari because I feel like that's a little bit. No. No one calls him that. <laughs> also, like, I feel like that's an insult to Tyler's girlfriend. <laughs> Ari, if you're listening. You aren't. <laughs> um, Maybe she is. I don't know. She might be. Tyler's not. I can't wait. Um, Tyler's going to guest. Tyler um, is probably going to be a guest on this podcast at some point, and I can't wait to put him on the spot and be like, so, Tyler, have you listened to the podcast? (laughs) No? (laughs) Got it. Just to give context for for those who don't know him, Tyler is our um, tall, great dancer, redheaded friend from grad school who's very esoteric but also an improv star. He was late to almost every single one of our (laughs) classes in grad school, but you could never be upset because he would run in with his bicycle helmet still on. Like harried and (laughs) like, hey, sorry, I'm late. (laughs) Wearing a cool outfit. Yeah. His hair like not somehow not smushed by his helmet. (laughs) So you'll get the treat of hearing him talk about books soon hopefully yeah so we won't tell you what his book is not to spoil stuff in case i don't even know that he's fully committed to the book that's the thing it it could change (laughs) i don't want to commit us to it before we like purchase it yeah so choli (laughs) so choli finds out that she was having this relationship because she sees them together or he sees them together because choli follows matil yeah like he he basically is like this girl is too good to be true so mm -hmm. he follows her on the train and basically sees her with this other guy and then reports back to lotto but or like tries to report back to lotto but he realizes like it's too late he's already lost the war yeah and so basically he's like i'm just gonna wait for my moment which, Which is insane. Is twenty five years later. Okay, so I thought that this whole thing, and so Lotto actually finds out about Ariel before, like in his bit, like they're at some sort of party. But he never confronts her. Right. He actually he never tells her that he knew about it. He just right. he finds out way overreacts to Ariel, and then like has to go off and on his own and considers leaving Matil. Which I thought. Even though, like, so we later find out that Ariel and Matil actually had a very, like, creepy and horrible and definitely a bad relationship. But also, but it's like, not... potentially, I mean, was she 18 at the, when it started? I'm not I'm 100%, not 100%, 100% on that. I'm sure, no. I, I mean, if she was 18, like, she was just 18. Yeah. And he was, like, 40. Right. And and she w- he was paying for her college so he could do whatever he wanted to her sexually. Right. But Lotto doesn't know that. No. He just knows, like... And he, he never asked. He gets upset with her literally because he thought that she was pure and a virgin when they met and she wasn't. Which, like, she didn't owe him that. Like, what? Like, you, I, I think you find out that his idea of their marriage and their relationship and her is really tied to that idea that, like, she was this pure thing and, the, like, he, like, brought all this out in her. Which is just, like, I love, too, that Matilda was like, yeah, I thought I was a virgin. Like, I just had my period, but I, like, let him think what he wanted to think. <laughs> I was like, you go, girl. <laughs> but I think that's that's part of the mystery of Matilda is that she just doesn't correct people. Like, she lets them assume right. these mysterious she, things about her just because she doesn't yeah. say much. Yeah, she kind, of, she kind of knows that people are just going to think what they want to think, and she doesn't really care enough to say, like, that's actually not the deal right yeah and as suspected Matilda had a much harder life than Lotto oh for sure did she kill her brother um I thought it was like she just didn't really I think she just didn't save him yeah 
I guess it's sort of like, did Chuck Bass kill Bart Bass? No. No, he did not. <laughs> he just watched him fall from the roof. <laughs> um, the which, second time that Bart dies. Which, yeah, if you haven't seen the finale of Gossip Girl, it is trash, but <laughs> I love it. The whole last season is garbage. <laughs> it really But it's is. worth it to see them get married and have a child. It is. It's not worth it, however, to see Dan and Serena married because I never wanted that. After, I'm not going to spoil the whole show, but like <laughs> I, I, yeah, ugh, vom.com, Dan Humphrey, which I will say, I think that there is a comparison to be made to Gossip Girl with Fates and Furies. Go for it. I think I'm that, here for I Girl. think that Lotto is a total Dan Humphrey. Ooh. Because he I writes, like he just writes about the people he knows mm-hmm. in a way that's like, kind of mean sometimes yeah Mattel could be a bit of a Serena because, because it's like yeah, everybody has just these a mystery about her yeah and Choli's a bit of a Chuck Bass yeah yeah like objectively probably not the best looking guy on the show but most successful the favorite favorite enough that you forgive the fact that he tried to sexually assault two people in the pilot which I just don't believe that's canon. I don't think so. I agree. Um, not to get too far down this road. But, I mean, a pilot, I think for most TV viewers, they know that, like, pilots a lot of times, unless it's, like, Mad Men or something that, like, right. has, like, a really, like, novelistic form, a lot of times pilots are not really, like, they're still kind well, they of figuring have, out what's going on. They're figuring out how. They have a bunch of different characters. Like, yeah. the loft is completely different. Yeah. Blair's mom is completely different. Yeah. Well, and they're trying, like, you, a lot of times shows Eric has really bad hair. Yeah, shows don't know how audiences are going to respond to certain characters. And I think, like, or how, like, what actors are going to be good at. Yeah. And so it's like they've kind of figured out what Ed Westwick was good at and what the viewers liked seeing from Chuck and that they really liked Blair and Chuck together. And that, like... Yeah, that, that, that fiery chemistry. That relationship <laughs> that they have. Um, and Dream. so I really do feel like they were just kind of like, oh, maybe we'll just kind of. Although I maybe would posit that Matil could have a bit of a Blair side and that she is mm. a bit of a manipulator sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really understand why she goes for Lotto. Is it just basically because she like knows college is over? And so she's thinking like, I really need to get in with someone. Because it's like she, I, don't I, I feel like Ariel would have kept taking care of her, but maybe she didn't want that anymore, which no, I don't understandably. Think, I, I think she pretty much was only with Ariel for her college money. And yeah. I think the second that was over, she slept with somebody else and yeah. was basically said bye. Yeah. Um, Boy, bye. Because she, in her mind, like they always, in that whole disgusting section um, that was of such them a together, yeah, she basically is in her head saying like this is just business mm-hmm. and like I'm getting a job done sort of thing like I don't think that there was ever she's like doing what a she romantic do. bond but back to did she kill her brother I do not think so <laughs> I think that her brother fell down the stairs also she was four years old yeah also like not to be I mean maybe this is a bad thing to say but so I have a friend I won't name him um but he, I think, was maybe five when his younger brother was born and pretty jealous of the yeah. fact that he was no longer an only child. 
And so what he would do is um, his mom would say, like, oh, don't turn on his, like, rocking chair too fast because it might hurt him. And so when his mom would go out of the kitchen, he would blast it, and he would, like, rock back and forth really fast. And so I, I just think also there's not the same understanding for children yeah, of, totally. of mortality and, you know, damage Permanence. to to yeah. babies, which, by the way, that kid turned out fine, so don't worry. But I I, I'm just a, saying, I as just that, an example. I don't, I think, for that's very funny. Um, <laughs> I think that that's actually very common, though. Like, yeah. so my mom was the child of, like, the, like, her, my grandmother was the oldest of her siblings. So my mom's youngest uncle is actually, like, fairly close in age to her. And, like, okay. so when she was born... It was, like, new baby, and he was maybe, like, five or six and was, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. And, like, he, like, he would, like, hold her underwater sometimes in the pool. <laughs> I mean, kids these days. <laughs> you got to get rid of the competition, and we learned that at a young age. <laughs> but I don't think Mattel did that. And no, her parents I, were, like, she's so. a demon seed. We're going to send her away to the good grandparents and then to the prostitute grandma and then to the mob uncle. Yeah, that like, uncle is what? a real creep. Yeah, I, like he is a straight up sociopath. Oh, I'm totally pretty sure. Weird. And then when she leaves, he was like, "I had hoped that like you would have figured out your life in not a sexual way." It's like maybe if you gave her any guidance at all, <laughs> or except hung for out with her, her a red dress when she was 14 and taking her to dinner once in her life it a day. <laughs> yeah, that's not parenting. Yeah, he was kind of like, "I had to figure it out, so you do too." Go fuck yourself. <sighs> yeah, he's gross. Um, can we just talk about the part where Lotto speaks on that panel and re- reveals oh! himself? Oh my god! As the most horrendous misogynist. I have never, ever, ever, ever been so happy in my whole life. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was vindicated in hating him. Oh my god! Because I just knew, I knew that he would never be accepted again. And I loved it because he, like, totally didn't understand. Oh, it was beautiful. It was stunning. So that whole scene. So basically he gets on this panel oh, and basically so... starts talking about how wives and mothers are, like, <laughs> just as important to the creative process because they allow their husbands to, like, do the creative process by yeah. cooking and cleaning for them. And that way they can, you know, create. But also women are the creators in terms of, like, being able to have children. Mm-hmm. And Matil mm-hmm. has not had children. Yeah. But also, like, ugh, pug. Oh, he's horrible. I'm trying to find where that is because, like, th- some of the it's stuff It's page 164. Said. Oh, God, it's so good. Um, <laughs> also, on another note I wrote, he's the worst. He worries about how his ass looks with his wallet in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so he says, because um, I have, I found this because I have a note that says, okay. <laughs> um, he says, um, they are kind, this is speaking about women, and wives are, and the wives are far better human beings. They are kinder, more generous, more worthy all around. There's a nobility in making life smooth and clean and comfortable. It's a choice at least equal to the choice of navel gazing for a living. The wife is the dramaturge of the marriage and the one whose work is essential to what is produced, even if her contributions are never directly recognized. There is glory in this role. My wife, Matilda, 
for instance, gave up her job years ago to make mine run more smoothly. She loves to cook and clean and edit my work. It makes her happy to do these things. And what piece of jerk chicken would condescend to say that she was lesser for not being the creator in the family? Literally, kill me. This, if you read the first part, it sounds like it could have been written by, like, one of the fathers of the church, like, of the Catholic (laughs) church, like, being, like, talking about, like, the role of women in the family. Um, Yeah. Oh, my God. Horrible. What an awful person. Which also, guys, I'm Catholic, but, like, you know, I have some problems. (laughs) (laughs) With some of that stuff. Yeah. I just, I mean, and I love, because it's, like, finally... Lotto kind of gets his, like, comeuppance for being such an asshole for years. And, like, because before it's, like, he's really only around his, like, friends and, like, people just see his plays. And now he's on this panel where he actually has to talk about his, like, horrible ideas about the world. And all these other people are, like, bro, that's not, like, we are not on board with you. Yeah, and then Matil, like, he realizes that he effed up because Matil leaves. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shoot, whoops. Like, I forgot also that, like, you know, Matil's not a mom, so maybe I offended her because, mm-hmm. like, she basically is not a creator at all. She just is, like, a supporter, right. sort of, in his, like, effed up definition of womanhood. Yeah, he's awful. Um, And so what he does then is, like, he's so convinced that she's, like, left him. Mm-hmm. He like wanders around the town and like walks home to their hotel and then claims that he's mugged because he like looks terrible and then proceeds to ask Matil f- to get, get him water because he's like so weakened oh, yeah. by the day and I wrote ask for asks for more water get it yourself you damn baby like it's just horrible yeah i have a note next to where that one other playwright says, that's what all misogynists say. You just love to pork women. I have another that says, I am delighted by this turn of events. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and right after that is when he finds out that Matil isn't very pure, right? Or no, 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 it's still... That's near the, the end of his section. Yeah. It's, but it's when, it, it's right after that that the events start coming in, like, plays. Because first we get some of his later plays, and then... Which all sound bad. Yeah. And then that last bit where we find out that Matil wasn't actually pure when he met her is also written like a play, which I thought was kind of strange. Um, yeah, but so it's pretty cool because Choli basically engineered this whole thing. So yes. he... So it's like he is the true playwright. He... And, like, what a... Like, I dream that I could be that. Like, why is the CIA not picked up Choli? Because <laughs> he could be the best asset ever. Yeah. Um, but so he pays somebody to to spill a glass of wine on Matil yeah. and then gets Lotto and Ariel to talk to each other and then mentions somehow offhandedly that, like, him and Matil used to have a thing. And then Ariel's like, oh, yeah, back in the day. And he's like, yeah, you're the better man. Like, clearly just kind of like, even though they had a weird, creepy, you know, sex worker relationship, he was like, yeah, the better man won, man. You know, it's all in the past. 
And apparently they were, like, kind of still friends somehow because I think Mattel, like, then worked for she him. She did. Well, but, because, you know, Lotto wouldn't get a job of his own. Right. God forbid he wait tables. Right. And I guess maybe they were kind of friends, but I don't know. But so then Lotto, as Choli knew, mm-hmm. made the leap of assuming that the relationship happened during their marriage, not before, because he could not possibly imagine that Mattel had a relationship before him. Mm-hmm. And so... Anyway, mastermind Trolley. I love him. Yeah. Trolley. My boy. Yeah. It's just it's just so incredible to me how much Lotto overreacts and then he goes away and he dies. Yeah. It's like which okay, so was it clear was it clear to you at the end of Fates that Lotto had died? I don't remember. What's the end of it? Um, it's like where he's in the water or whatever. It says, um, the darkness in her circled land... Wait. No, that's not right. That's in hers. Okay. <laughs> um, face turned skyward is this drizzle. It is sound of small shears closing, barely time to register the staggering beauty, and here it is, the separation. So, like, when you started Matil's section, was it clear to you immediately that he was dead? I didn't realize he was dead until she said he was dead. Okay, good. Because I thought that this was, like, another time where, like, I missed when a major character died, which has happened to me before. Like, have you ever read the play Buried Child by Sam Shepard? No. Okay. So I was reading it for um, a class that I took in college, and we were discussing it, and they're like, yeah, but, you know, when the guy dies. And I was like, wait, when? (laughs) (laughs) And I had just missed it. Yeah, I mean, I also feel like that could very easily happen in a Henry James novel. Oh, 100%. Yeah, (laughs) stuff like that. Or, like, Faulkner, I'd miss it. Yeah. Which, like, I promise that I'm smart and I have reading comprehension skills, but I don't know, for some reason, I tend to miss when people die. It's like I need the Shakespeare, like, I'm dead. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's not a very clear... No, it's very long way to go. (laughs) That's a little bit open to interpretation so i wouldn't i, I wouldn't like beat yourself when you up know on that, that that happens and you read the separation you're like oh okay like that's what but i just thought lotto was being a little over dramatic and then i turned to the next page and it was like oh okay he's 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 a dead now a dead <laughs> i will say i wanted to take the opportunity of like reading a book about a marriage to like post some of my wedding pics on our instagram but then i <laughs> then i sort of was like i don't I don't want to lump myself in with Matil and Lotta. Well, I was going to post, and I still might, the picture of you and I at your wedding, just oh. to be like, here's a here's a wedding, or like a union we can get behind. <laughs> you should definitely post that. That's We have a beautiful picture together, so <laughs> stay tuned for that. <laughs> well, because I was holding off. There's another picture of us that I want to post, but I've been holding off because I'm wearing in it the dress that I want to wear to the wedding. That you're going to? Yeah, this weekend. This weekend? Yeah, so I was going to hold off on, but I mean, I guess. Which dress? The one that I wore to the semi-formal that I'm wearing in our, oh, like, oh, yeah, in yeah. Our, um, our logo. Yeah. Which, hey, Quint, where's our lo- new logo? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're excited to get our new logo. Yeah, we haven't, <laughs> stay tuned for that too, guys. <laughs> so much real to stay tuned soon. for. <laughs> we're going to look like a real podcast in I can't wait. a hot sec. Maybe then my mom will get it. Probably not. Probably not. Well, in the other issue with I my feel mom like your dad she, might like it. Maybe. Well, he actually has an iPhone, so he might oh. be able to listen to it. But he also still has an iPhone 4 and never updated to, like, iOS 7. He might not even be able to I, download a podcast. He might not even. I will say, <laughs> so, 
I texted both of my sisters. I'm like, hey, why haven't you reviewed my podcast yet? And Mary-Kate was like, F you, I have school. Like, buzz <laughs> off. <laughs> and Savannah was like, I've been trying, but I don't have an iCloud. I'm like, how do you not have an iCloud? And it turns out, like, she's been, like, somehow using my dad's iCloud account. Sure. Which I, I, like, don't even know how it's possible. But so, anyway, she ended up writing a review on my iCloud account. So, anyway, thanks, Savannah, for writing us a review. Thanks to everyone who wrote us a yes, review. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, shout out to my friend Alexis, who also wrote us a review. Shout out to my friend Grace, who wrote a really nice review. Yeah, so if that doesn't make you want to write a review for us, yeah, you would you get want, a shout out. Do you want to hear your name on this podcast? Write I bet you do. And text us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, I liked my friend Alexis... Um, put Edit Girl as her name and so it like really took me some time to figure out who it was so I like that kind of a mystery so <laughs> just leave clues for who, you, who your identity is and then we'll we'll try and figure it out yeah but if we don't figure it out you can always just text us and say like hey jerk I reviewed your podcast and I would, I would where's like my, my shout my out my deserved shout out yeah um what did you think of the bit with Lotto's mother where Which she, bit? Where, she, where she's where basically she like, yeah, where she um, basically says that she's done all this so Lotto could be great. That she, you know, had like shunned him and didn't see him and cut him off so that he could achieve greatness. See, I don't buy that. I, Me neither. I think what it is for her is that like she has like kind of a weird like Oedipal relationship with him. Yeah. And I think when Lotto married Matil, like, that was mm-hmm. the ultimate betrayal. And I honestly don't think that it really had anything to do with who Matil was. I oh, think it sh- yeah, more had to do with there. the fact that Lotto didn't include her in it. Yeah. And so, I don't know. Which, I, I mean, I get being a mom and being upset that your son just, like, ran off and got married when he was 22 to a girl he knew for a week. Right, but I think that there's, like, more of, like... There's like an element, element. There's an element of her being in love with him yes. in a way that's beyond mom. Yeah. So I, I mean, don't. She takes credit for like his entire success and career because she, she was like, I mean, he wrote about me. So hey, not very, not very if nice I things. Him so poorly, he would be nowhere. Which I mean, I guess if that's what you want, I feel bad for her. What's her name? Antoinette? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. She's definitely a Tennessee Williams character (laughs) in the 20th century or the 21st century. (laughs) Yeah, no, she definitely is. She's like a Mrs. Havisham, too. Like, she just, like, is in her wedding dress with a room full of clocks all at the wrong time. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I was noticing, too, that there there are multiple mentions of Matil's purity and also of Lotto's straightness. And so I feel like this book is definitely very interested in the idea of people having misconceptions about people's sexuality or, like, lack thereof. Or I think either people tend to, like, underestimate what's going on with someone sexually, maybe. Well, there's that. And there's also the element of miscommunication, too. Mm-hmm. In shame, I think, to some extent. Yeah. But I think there's, like, so the proposal is completely different in Matilde's version than in Lotto's version, too. So there's this element of which stories you decide to tell and how you decide to tell them. Mm -hmm. And then you also have 
Lotto stealing Matil's leech story. Oh, yeah. Basically, Matil has this weird story where she was so lonely that, like, a leech attached to her leg and she didn't take it off because it was, like, a friend. Um, and then it like fell off in the shower and she cried and it was really stepped on it. Yeah. It's gross. But so Lotto on when he, when he's interviewed on a radio show tells that story as though it's his own. And he honestly believes at that time that it is his own. And Matilda says, how dare you? Yeah. That was my story, not yours to tell. And I think there's sort of this element of telling a story to make it true or make it your life. Mm-hmm. And I think Lotto and his retelling of the proposal, he mishears Matilda saying mm-hmm. yes when she says no. And it's like two weeks later that she sort of warms up to the idea mm-hmm. where Lotto tells it is this like grand, yeah, you know, thing that happens out of the blue and in yeah. the mist of college bodies and stuff. So did you view Matil's chapters as kind of correcting the record, or do you think we should be suspicious of her account too? No, I trust Matil more than I trust Lada. I agree. And that might not be right, but that whenever she would kind of correct the record, I'd be like, yeah, that makes more sense. The idea that she said no at first instead of, sure. I mean, I think yeah, she, okay. she has misconceptions too. I mean, oh, totally. I think she doesn't know that Lotto's bisexual, I don't think. Mm-mm. Although she does seem to have quite a bit of suspicion about this Leo character. Yeah. So that makes me wonder if she's, like, more subconsciously aware of that than she says. But I also wonder, like, for so long, Matil has been his sounding board artistically. And so I think yeah. she's been really willing to give up her career because she felt like she was really bolstering his. And so... But the idea of someone else coming in and being that kind of muse to him or being someone who would inspire him or make his art better that wasn't her, I think is more ultimately threatening, maybe, to her. Okay, I can definitely see that. But it could be both. Right. And then, like, that's why it's so threatening. It's like, he could literally replace me. Yeah. Um, Were you surprised about Matil's coping mechanism after Lotto dies, just kind of sleeping with everyone? Not particularly, especially because I feel like by then, do we have the context that she had had that relationship with Ariel? I mean, I, think I was so. a little bit surprised, but I also well, I think I like, think it's it's sort of interspersed through. Yeah. The idea that she would feel the need to be self-destructive or to just like, I don't know, I feel like in her mind she's making up for lost time maybe well i think <laughs> like, i was also, faithful for all those years so now i'm just gonna well there's also the idea too that she's destroying this ideal that lotto had of her oh totally too, yeah. where it's like she was supposed to be a virgin and now she's yeah. sleeping with some pretty gross guys yeah um yeah i think that's probably true so it's like she's she's kind of tearing down that idea so she can recreate herself anew. I mean, because she's so young. And at this point in her grieving, she's really not thinking about being with anyone else. Yeah. And so she's kind of got to completely recreate her identity because it was so tied to Lotto for so long. Yeah. I really hope that I die first and not Brenda. <laughs> I mean, seriously, though. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I would, I don't want to be a, a young widow, Brendan, so. <laughs> be careful out there. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
keep your salt intake low or whatever they, <laughs> whatever they say. <laughs> no heart disease for you, sir. Um, let's see. What did you think about kind of, so we learn that Mathilde and Annette or Antoinette have this rivalry and like actually have spoken mm-hmm. and sort of have like had this sort of cold war between them that Lotto had literally no idea about. Yeah, which awesome. Yeah, I loved that, um, knowing about that. And and I think it's pretty cool that um, Mathilde won because I feel like a lot of yeah. times... You know, they always say, like, really, the mother will always win. So, like, don't even try, you little wives. But, um. <laughs> well, that's why I feel like in theories we discover that Mattel's like, a little bit of a supervillain. Like, yeah. she gets Bridget very drunk. Oh, yeah. She finds out, she's like, oh, Bridget. Who's, who's Lotto's, like, sort of, like, he has, he's having, like, a fling with her at the time. Yeah, he sleeps with a lot of women at that time, but he's sleeping with her really regularly. And so she gets her incredibly like alcohol poisoning level drunk yeah so that she's out of the way and then Lotto with proposes no to her with no remorse no she just she's like yeah I mean I never talked to anyone else but uh, did what I needed to do here we go <laughs> I, I I also like the idea that she ultimately was sort of the pursuer of Lotto even oh, though yeah. I think he really had no idea oh not at all she had like a long game and yeah like Choli that's why Choli Choli and Mateau like <laughs> that's that's the relationship we want to see there the Chuck and Blair of the of well we've got you know like a hundred pages maybe maybe that'll happen for you I mean but he I mean Choli also did sort of like ruin her marriage so or I mean not ruin it but I think he definitely left a sour taste in their mouths or yeah. in Lotto's mouth before he died yeah but that's really I mean Lotto's dead now so I mean I almost think that Choli almost failed because I mean Lotto was planning on coming back but then he died so yeah he died kind of in conflict with the idea that he had of their marriage but I don't think he was actually going to leave Mattel. I don't think he. No, ever I don't. Could have done I don't that. think he was going to leave Mattel either. But they also and never didn't know that either. No, but they never got to. He never got to resolve those feelings. So he basically died thinking that she had not been faithful to him, and she now knows that. that oh, true. So that's like that's actually probably the worst yeah, thing that he rough. could do because there's nothing she can do about that. No, there's she can't fix it. She can't like write him a letter. No. <laughs> so. I mean, I think Trolley pretty much, like, did the worst. <laughs> did his worst yeah. on them. I love, too, he waits, like, a couple months after Lotto dies and then just shows up at her house under the guise of caring about her well-being and then is like, hey, uh, just, you know, I ruined your life. Bye. Also, though, Trolley clearly is so obsessed with Lotto and has been since he was 15. Yeah, which do you think that there was like a sexual element no, to that? No, I don't. it was just he, Lotto was the only person that ever really cared about him and kind of took him in. I mean, I think that Trolley, like Lotto was Trolley's best friend. And I think that he very much felt that Mattel stole him. Yeah, and I think it wouldn't have mattered if, if Mattel and Lotto even had like a sexual relationship. It was more that Lotto. You mean Choli and Lana? Wait. No, because I mean, like, I think Choli's primary issue with that whole thing was that Lotto was spending all this time with her yeah. and like he was being usurped. And yeah. so the idea that they were being married or like that they were in love with each other, like that really had no. It wasn't 
I think you're right that it wasn't like a sexual thing. It was mainly like Choli felt left behind. I think it also was sort of the thing of him saying Matilda's my favorite, not you, Choli. Totally. And I think whereas I think Choli sort of felt because he had the same jealousy with Samuel too where Mm -hmm. he's like hey buddy you might think you're number one because you hung out with him in prep school but really like it's me and Lada. You're two at best. Yeah. I love him. Choli. (laughs) Team Choli forever. Team Macholi. (laughs) So the only other notes that I have, um, we already covered that you accurately predicted that Lotto was going to die. Yeah. And that I was going to try to say like less in this episode. I know. I'm trying to. I don't know how we're doing. I won't know till we listen. No, not at all. <laughs> well, and the problem with it, too, is that once you start noticing it, it might not even even have been that bad. Yeah. But once you start noticing that you're doing it, it's all you can hear. And yeah. it feels like you're being punched every single time you hear it. Yep. Correct. But I will say, um, I used to love it when my professor, I had a couple of professors in college and in grad school that said like a lot, and they were guys, and I always loved it, <laughs> only because it felt like I was being, like it was being gratified. Like you can be smart and still say like. Yes. Yeah. It was Harvard educated men saying like constantly. And it, I, know who I you're thought talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I'm thinking of at least one person from undergrad as well, and I always thought it was glorious yeah. because I, especially when I came to undergrad, I used to be terrified of doing it too much because I just knew that people were probably already looking at me like a bit of an L Woods. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I didn't want people to be like, guess what? L Woods is, is the exactly. valedictorian, so Thank f you. y'all. Oh my god, I love that so much. That's a great movie. It really. Um, it really has a great message that we can all get behind. So you don't judge a book by its cover. No, don't. Yeah. I mean, so we're going to finish this book up next week. We have like yeah. 20 pages left. So Yeah. <laughs> or is How many pages left? I don't know. I think we have like 100. Really? I think so. How many pages is this book? Um, we have from page 300. Actually, we only have like 90. We have from oh, page okay. 300. We have more than I thought. To 390. Okay. Um, and then we'll be done with Fates and Furies, and we'll be announcing our next book as soon as we know what that's going to be. Yeah, we have not decided that yet. <laughs> um, but definitely stay tuned. Look out for, a, we're going to have a bonus episode on Tuesday on Halloween, Halloween. Day. We're going to have a bonus episode of uh, Turn of the Screw yeah. by Henry James. So if you want to check that out, you definitely can. Also, It's, it's only 100 pages, so it's a quick read. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sort of. But definitely read with us. Catch up on Fates and Furies. Let us know what you're thinking on Instagram, on Twitter. You can even email us if you want. It's all at Queen Bee Book Club on Instagram and Twitter. It's just Queen Bee Letter B Book Club. Um, But it's the full thing for Gmail. The full insect. Yeah. Definitely follow us on that stuff. Rate, review, subscribe. Yeah. Do it. We'll read your name. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.